0: Hi, and welcome to the podcast Save Your Sorry, where we discuss the rise and fall of your favorite or more than likely least favorite celebrity. I'm your host, Jose. Joining me is my co host and everyone's favorite host, Katrina Rochelle. Down,
1: down, down, down. I just (laughs) wanted to introduce
0: myself. (laughs) Today is a Katrina driven episode, so buckle in, guys. But before we dive into our main subject, we do have some updates for you. For sure. Our first one is about Jesse Smollett. He's doing that jailhouse rock now.
1: Mm, let's talk about it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Jesse has been found guilty and sentenced for making up a hate crime. Some things that have come out in the case that, that we did not discuss in the first Jesse episode. Jesse's defense said the Osendara brothers did it because they wanted him to hire them as security guards. Another angle to it was Jesse plaint him and one of the brothers had a sexual relationship where they made out a little and then masturbated together.
1: Ooh, don't you love it?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Their brother Bola denies this. And I think it's a weird thing to bring up. If it is true, it has nothing to do with the case at hand. So I don't know what, you know, what was the goal there with that defense?
1: I think, um, it has relation to um, that whole Tory and Megan thing. Like he keeps bringing up the fact that um, he he could have been having a sexual relationship with Megan. What does that have to do with the case? Nothing. It's just to put doubt. Uh, it's to discredit the 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 victim. Yeah. So basically, she Jesse is saying we had a sexual relationship, so you really can't believe him because maybe he's being vindictive.
0: Yeah, and I don't know. I think later the trial tried to say like maybe homophobia was at play, and it's like, well, oh yeah, yeah. So something that were really damning to Jesse, it was a winter vortex. So it's negative twenty in Chicago, which is weird to be out and about getting subway at that temperature.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And how the brothers would even know where Jesse was at night unless they were communication. He did talk to them an hour before and an hour after the quote-unquote attack. The noose around Jesse's neck was tightened before he spoke to... was like, it was tightened more before he spoke to cops. How'd they know that? I think it said that they saw footage of him, like, walking somewhere where the noose was looser.
1: Hmm.
0: And then when they talked to cops, it was tighter, closer to his neck. And most damning, in my opinion, is it seems Jesse did a drive-in with the brothers the night before. They were seen on camera around the same location it happened.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Jesse has been sentenced to 150 days in jail and 30 months probation, and 120000 in restitutions and $25,000 fine. Mm-hmm. Some people who sent in a letter for Jesse in his defense were Alfred Woodard, Jesse Jackson, and Samuel L. Jackson. And after Jesse was sentenced, he said, I'm not suicidal. If anything happens to me when I go in there, you must all know that. And he kept repeating his innocence and saying he was not su- suicidal as he was escorted out of the courtroom with a raised fist in the air. You were still a little Team Jesse at the end of our Jesse episode. Are you mm-hmm. still?
1: Man, hate to say it, yeah, actually, Are you? Uh, yeah, uh, I think the the sentence, I think the judge and some of the reactions have cemently put me on Jesse's side more than the fucking um, Chicago judicial system or police department. Still ain't fucking with it. Still ain't fucking with them.
0: I still feel
1: like here's the thing, and 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 he, hear me when I say. I definitely understand that I have a bias. I'm a Black woman. I have seen interactions from the outside with police officers. I've been involved with interactions with police officers. I have been in court, and I am also empathetic as well. And here's what I'm thinking. Oh, and I'm also watching our fucking judicial system at work when Black People are getting killed a lot more in the the more recent years, like these police accidents. And I know some people think one doesn't have to do with the other, but this is me describing my bias. So when I'm living in a a world where people are shooting down Black people and getting little to no prison time and... um, White people are starting weed businesses and black people are still getting felonies for drug arrest and so on and so forth for a victimless crime with a man who does not have a record at all and for a police department that has been proven to be corrupt, I personally did not see why the sentence was what it was. They got him on all fronts. They took away his time. They took away his money and they trying to take away his future because 30 months of probation. And you, and I don't know what the terms are, but got, he's a first offender for a victimless crime. Now I understand. He was making it seem like it was a hate crime, but I just don't feel like it fits. I don't think the punishment fits the crime and you can brand him a liar but I think that 150 days in jail is not the right sentence. And on top of that, you're going to make him do 30 months for what? Like, is he a flight risk? Did he do like, he didn't assault anybody. And then you're going to make him pay $120,000 for what? Because more than anybody, it was the police and the lawyers that dragged out this case. So it's like, they want him to pay, but y'all made him wait. So y'all are putting all this time and effort to get your case together, which I mean, yeah, kudos to you. You got your sentence, you got the verdict that you wanted, but now he's I, I don't know. I just don't like the whole stage of it. I think you can call him a liar. Um People can still believe them. People still won't believe them. I honestly don't know. I think that the the facts of the case are so fucked up. I honestly don't believe either one of these stories. But if I had to side with somebody, I'm going to side with Jesse before I side with Chicago.
0: You know, even though we disagree, I'm glad you stuck to your guns.
1: (laughs) Why, thank you, sir.
0: (laughs) I still think it was a setup, but I do not think he should have been jailed. They already had a chance to prosecute him. He pleaded no contest, got a deferment, and paid his fine. It's mm-hmm. done. In my opinion, that's done right there. Now they bring up six new charges against him. It is way too close to double jeopardy to me, and frankly, in my eyes, an abuse of the justice system. Mm-hmm. They dropped the ball the first time, but I don't think it's right. They keep going after him. Like, that's their script. That's the prosecutor's script. Like, you should have never offered him this deferment if you weren't to go after him. Again. Yeah, they were setting him up. It's like, we didn't get you the first time, so let's get you the second time. But I do think that he it was a hoax. And I think he should have been jailed the first time, but you didn't get him. So it's like, if he was found not guilty this time, would they do six new charges?
1: Yeah, I mean, two. they were on his ass, like more than... Uh, other Chicago cases, as as of right now, it was all about he's a liar and he's this, and we're gonna. Pr- it was all it. It was so much. I don't know because, uh, and, and I might be wrong, but did Justin like attack? I don't know. Never mind. I, I'm not even gonna say that. I just I just don't think that the punishment fit the crime for what happened and how this all was conducted. I think it was just they wanted their man. So they did everything that they could to make sure they got their man. The whole six charges for every police officer knowing that he did not choose to tell six, seven different people. Well, now that was the here. first
0: one when he had sixteen charges or something. Yeah. Oh, now, okay, that
1: was. Now these uh, are like
0: six new charges, like disorderly conduct oh. instead of a false report, and it's yeah. It, I I just don't like the new charges. Like, if you want to get him on the old charges, fine, but. You, they didn't. So it's like, to me, this second trial should have never happened. Mm. Even though I do think he's guilty.
1: Okay. Yeah. I mean, I ain't mad at that take at all either.
0: So our second update for the day is about Marilyn Manson.
1: Oh, I ain't heard about this one.
0: Yeah. Marilyn Manson has come back swinging. He has filed a defamation lawsuit against Ever- Evan Rich Wood who is his main accuser. It is also against a woman named Ashley Gore. He trying to get the documentary from HBO, Phoenix Rising Killed. And it is set to come out March 15, 2022. So a few days I'm guessing now. this
1: is about him.
0: It, yeah, it's about her and pretty much telling everything that she went through. He alleges that Dor and Wood impersonated FBI agent to give the appearance that he was under a federal investigation. Like, they made a document and allegedly signed it through this federal agent and like showed it to other women when they were talking to them about the abuse. He said they hacked his email and socials to fake communications, and they swatted him to make it look like police were getting him. And they allegedly sent the other women who came forward. Strips to read and a checklist to check off abuse they endured. Which, if any of that's true, I think it'll be pretty easy to determine if they impersonated an FBI agent. You can see, hey, did this FBI agent really make this letter? And the checklist doesn't really bother me. Um, I can see them like, he said they like coordinated to get their. All come out at the same time, which that I it that doesn't bother me. Like, you want to, um,
1: have the biggest impact,
0: yeah, like have an impact because it was, you know, Ever Rachel Ward has been talking about that for years. I, I don't think anything really has changed. I keep seeing people because he released you can read his whole defamation lawsuit online, and people are like, Oh, I knew he was innocent. It's like, nothing has really changed, like, it's. They might have coordinated with women to get their, to, you know, if you have a checklist and you say, did this happen to you? I don't see that as wrong. I see if you're telling them you need to say this happened, then that's wrong. Like, there's a difference.
1: Yeah, because I was uh, thinking, like, is he talking about, um, like, are these people, these women who came forward, are they also part of the documentary?
0: I don't know. It's not out yeah.
1: Because the thing is, also some of that could be explained if they were a part of the documentary, like a checklist of the abuse you endured. What? Okay, somebody did this. Some other ones experienced that. I mean, that's like you said, that wouldn't bother me. That's checklist. Yeah, I- script. That could be an outline of what you're supposed to say. Um, when when like the what talking points are going to come up. That could not. Maybe it's not a script. He's saying the word script, but maybe it's not exactly a script. Um. Coordinating an effort. I mean, of course, if you have other people's stories and you know that you're gonna have something planned where everybody speaks out, it'll make the most impact when the most people come out and share their stories. So yes, of course they coordinated if they knew who they were. A forged signature for like pretending FBI. Here's what I'm also, I feel like some of this stuff is just like, throw everything at the wall and see what sticks. Because I want to, how would he know that? Is he saying that somebody who previously accused him backed up on their statement and then gave him and his people this information? Are you saying that you have insider information because you are actually surveillancing them? How would you know that that could even happen?
0: I saw, I don't know if it was in his lawsuit, that it said the FBI agent's name is on the letter had said that they did not sign that, like it wasn't them. But then I was reading an article today where the FBI refused to comment, like the actual FBI, not just the agent. So I, I don't know.
1: Yeah, and so if the FBI ain't saying shit, if something tells me that this FBI agent is speaking out of turn or isn't an FBI agent because what type of document were they showing that has an FBI agent's num- uh, name or information on it that they they didn't get from that person? It
0: was just saying so now
1: they're forging and they breaking in and taking people's documentations.
0: Really, the document that he's saying they forged was just saying that he was under investigation, which I don't think is a huge thing.
1: I think that's some bullshit too, because it just doesn't sound like some information that you would know. Like if you ain't got the file, the form, that's hearsay as well. He would have he
0: does have the form
1: and their signatures on it
0: the fbi agent signature the one that they were showing women because they were showing the women like here he's under investigation like you know they were reaching out to other women talking to them were you abused
1: this ain't no real fbi agent the fbi didn't even want to comment because they know this shit ain't real that don't even make no sense yeah, but so. okay, I mean, I might believe it, maybe, but I, I, I still think even if all that would be true, Marilyn Manson is still an abuser.
0: Yeah, um, it. Yeah, it hasn't really changed anything for me either. Like, maybe they did falsify a document, but I don't see it as them lying about the abuse either.
1: Oh, I was just gonna say real quick. Um, it sounds like maybe quietly they have been trying to get this documentary like postponed or canceled or whatever the hell and now it's getting like crunch time and so now they gotta come public like oh i gotta sue you hopefully get an injunction and stop this from releasing until we figure out this lawsuit business and when
0: you say they you mean marilyn manson
1: marilyn manson
0: okay yeah um hbo has said they're not pulling the documentary
1: smart hbo stick to your guns <laughs>
0: And our last little update is about our patron saint of cancellation, Lindsay Lohan.
1: So oh, okay.
0: We were rooting for her. and oh, no. Our manifestation is coming true because Netflix announced they're doing two more movies with Lindsay Lohan.
1: Okay, you scared me with the, <laughs> we were rooting for her. I was like, oh, shit, what the hell happened?
0: And I don't know if, I know she's doing a Christmas movie, but I don't know if that's the Christmas movie plus two movies or if the christmas movie and another movie but at least two movies netflix has announced it and netflix you're lucky because i was just thinking about canceling my subscription so smart move
1: yeah if i paid for netflix i'd be canceling it because why the fuck y'all keep going up on these prices
0: yeah assholes
1: i'm getting tired of that
0: yeah, oh, yeah so expect to see Lindsay on your screen soon
1: she's turning netflix into her hallmark channel you go girl <laughs>
0: Now, what celebrity shall we be saying return to sender today?
1: Okay, so the person we will be discussing is the King of Rock himself, Elvis Presley.
0: Oh, that's a big one. (laughs) You think so? I don't know. I have just listened to his music today. (laughs) i mean a big celebrity like i don't know what he yeah he
1: yeah he's he's a legendary one everybody maybe not doesn't love him but i feel like everybody at least knows who elvis presley is
0: yeah definitely true
1: all right so
0: and i don't even think he's one of those people you only say one name just elvis
1: That's true. Like there's other famous Elvises, but everybody usually says Presley first because that's just iconic. Uh Uh-huh. All right. So to get into it, Elvis Aaron Presley was an icon and inspired generations to come with his influential sound, dance moves, as well as his performances, and being an actor on the big screen. His star power was undeniable, charisma was unlimited. But even a talent like him has a side to him that could be unfavorable, controversial, and upsetting. And that, my dears, is what we will be speaking about today.
0: I hate to hear it.
1: So we will be talking about how some of the king's alleged decisions and ways of thinking and rumors could be of not sound mind or just plain wrong. Or did they even happen?
0: Ooh, a mystery
1: a mystery
0: an angel in disguise (laughs) i'm just
1: gonna keep putting
0: puns in here about his songs
1: (laughs) and i won't catch them all because i definitely don't know a lot of elvis songs i know i know a good top four really really i'm not a real big elvis fan
0: i i love elvis
1: I'm glad you do. Okay. State your your status. I know.
0: Hopefully this episode doesn't change it.
1: We'll see. We'll see.
0: Yeah, don't be cruel. (laughs) You're going to have me all shook up.
1: Uh, You ain't nothing but a hound dog. No, I was saving that one. Yeah, you're going to use it again, though. You'll find the right moment. Yeah. Born January 8th, 1935.
0: He's a Capricorn I know. He's a Predator. We established that already.
1: Okay, first of all, let me (laughs) get out. You established (laughs) that.
0: You established that.
1: (laughs) I was going to get to that later because I was like, uh, Katrina was born January 8th. That's the best part besides all the rest of that other shit. (laughs) You're the one who said it's you and all the Predators. Sometimes it is, though. I mean, (laughs) the truth is the truth is the truth.
0: (laughs) At least for the men, it seems like.
1: Yeah. So, uh like you said, makes him a Capricorn. He was born in Tupelo, 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 Mississippi. I'm probably not saying that right, but I'm trying my best here.
0: Yeah, it's Tupelo.
1: Tupelo. Oh, I, I I don't know
0: if that's true. I just made that up.
1: Tupelo. It's T U P E L O. I don't know. Okay, Tupelo, Mississippi. In to the parents- ghetto. <laughs> to parents Gladys and Vernon Presley. If you're not familiar with Elvis, you may not know that he was a twin, actually. And his brother, Jesse, that was born before him, was unfortunately stillborn. Oh. Yes. So technically, Elvis was the only child growing up. Elvis was not born into a rich family. It was quite the opposite. His family was very poor. But even with being poor, Elvis had a good relationship with his parents overall, Particularly his mother. Him and his mother were very close. It is even rumored that even when uh, Elvis was grown, him and his mom would do this baby talk thing. Not my kind of thing, but hey. He's canceled. That's
0: creepy as hell. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's so creepy.
1: Could you imagine being twenty something doing baby talk with your mama?
0: I hate baby talk so.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I don't. I don't. It's only literally cute when they're a baby. And sometimes not even this. But anyway, yeah, that that's his relationship. Um, but yeah, him and his mother were particularly close, and they were a church-going family. Um, on his eleventh birthday, despite hoping for something different, I heard even like uh, he hoped it was a rifle. At eleven, he got his first guitar. That's when he ended up practicing practicing learning the guitar by himself, as well as getting lessons from friends and family around him. Um, In high school, he had success at a minstrel talent show where the rumor is that he won. I heard that he didn't win, but uh, everybody was really impressed. But I thought it was really funny that, of course, in that time, it's not just a regular talent show. It's a blackface talent show.
0: Oh, no. (laughs) Now, of
1: course, he wasn't in blackface. They they had it was like a talent show lineup and then like a blackface show in the middle of that shit.
0: (laughs) What does minstrel talent show mean?
1: That, that's what it means. Uh, the I forgot what that exactly means, but the minstrel shows are when the white people dressed up in black face and the big lips and do all the fucked up stereotypes oh. that they breeded for black people in that day and time.
0: I wonder why they don't do those anymore. No, I'm joking.
1: <laughs> Bro, people didn't even finish listening to you and they just fucking threw you out. I don't even know this man. I <laughs> wonder why they don't do this. <laughs> Bro, they make a killing they probably still do it different i know in rural towns they don't advertise it but you definitely know you go into somebody's back uh backyard in their basement there's a minstrel show <laughs> so anyway yeah um had a good successful showing at the talent show and he said that uh, people were really interested in him uh, he ends up graduating high school in 1953 knows for sure that he's going to pursue this music business dream so he starts you know gathering money to not only keep his music dream funded but so that um it's not taken away from his creativity by getting in uh, locked in a career okay so 1954 he has his first song that's all right and by 1955 his first number one hit, Heartbreak Hotel, followed by the next year, number one album. And he signed like a seven film deal, deal with Paramount. So the man's,
0: big hits already off the bat.
1: Oh, like three years. He was he was killing it. So basically, that's how he got to start. So now that we've established where Elvis came from, we already know what happens to him. So let's talk about some of the more com- controversial sides of this man Okay, where there are a few things that I want to address is his alleged love of the youth, which includes his ex-wife Priscilla Presley and Elvis being racist or appropriating black culture in his music. Are these things true and what did we think before and does this information change our feelings or validate them? Priscilla Ann Wagner was born May 24th, 1945 and first met Elvis at a party in Germany when Elvis was stationed there in the army after being drafted in 1958. She was 14. He was 24. Ooh, 14. Four that is so the young. Teen. The even, teen was four.
0: Even at that time, I feel like that was young. Mm,
1: mm-hmm, 14. Okay. Sorry. Now. Even though I think this is nasty, this is a different time in society. And men were more, they were openly dating younger women that were a lot younger than themselves. But like you just said, even in the fifties, I think it's a stretch to say 14 years old is an appropriate age to be with somebody who's over 18. Yeah.
0: I, 24, 14, it just seems like a very, 14 just seems young to me. At that so age.
1: disgusting. So from um, a YouTube channel called Star News 365, it's rumored that Elvis told his friend Rex Mansfield when he saw Priscilla, he said that he liked her youth and she was, quote, young enough that I can train her any way I want.
0: I Okay, I really feel like that is uh, kind of the times.
1: Yeah, but it's still.
0: You want that submissive housewife type of thing.
1: Yes. And then this is what. OK, so I didn't put this in my script, but because I, it, here's the thing. It was from a 1985 people interview. And I verified that uh, Priscilla Presley gave this interview. She was on the cover of the magazine, but I could not get any pages of the interview. It was all quotes from different articles and I wanted to verify it for sure, but I couldn't. But it is I, I'm going to say allegedly, because like I said, I didn't see it with my own eyes. That in a 1985 people interview that Priscilla Presley gave when she talks about her life with Elvis, because this is after she's done with Elvis, that basically when he first met her, he like walked up to her and said, so are you like a junior or a senior? And she replies, I'm in ninth grade, to which he replies, oh, you're just a baby. <sighs> but they are inseparable after they meet. And those are the words that they said to each other.
0: It's now or never.
1: Mm. So, yeah, that's just a tidbit. Y'all could take it or leave it. Like I said, she did give a people interview in 1985. I didn't see it written in that print, but she definitely did talk about her life with Elvis. And she definitely does confirm that they met when she was 14 years old and that they were inseparable once they met. BBC News, uh, Priscilla says... It was a very protective relationship from the very beginning. He was a father to me. He was my mentor. Okay. Mm, I mean, at 14,
0: I feel like it would be more of an older brother-father-fitter relationship. Where was Priscilla's parents?
1: So, I'm, I'm getting to them. That's what's so interesting. In 1960, Elvis left Germany and the army behind, but not Priscilla. They kept in contact, writing letters, and eventually Elvis was able to con- convince Priscilla's parents to let her come with him to the U.S. Now, this is Priscilla's mother and her stepfather. It's rumored that Elvis didn't even make a good impression the first time he met them, because when Priscilla came back later that night, it was past, I guess, whatever time they allotted her. He's late. like, it was very late
0: her curfew. She's a child.
1: But yes, basically. I mean, but the thing is, they let a 24 year old take her out anyway. So it's like what type I don't know how 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 I don't know what their sense level is. Honestly, if we're being honest, Elvis was able to convince Priscilla's parents to let him come uh, to let her come live with him in the U.S. But they had conditions. Uh, She was to live separately from Elvis. And it was either she was supposed to live with Elvis's parents or in a house monitored by Elvis's parents and would go to school. Now, here's also the thing. During, Who's going to pay
0: for this house?
1: Well, you already know Elvis. This Elvis is balling by this time. Okay. He, he, he can pay for this type of shit. But also, here's the thing. Four months into uh, Elvis's, uh, what do you want to call it, tenure in the Army, his mother passed away. So it's not parents. So it's already like Elvis maybe didn't tell these parents the whole and complete truth. And there was also a rumor that they one of their conditions was that she had to write them every day. And the rumor was that because Priscilla knew that she wrote a whole bunch of letters beforehand and gave them to Elvis's staff. And they just like mailed them off one by one.
0: That's smart.
1: Now, when it comes smart. Yes, very stupid, but smart because this is a dumbass condition. You know, so, you know, different communications. Somebody will always find a way around it.
0: Uh-huh. Sneaky teenagers.
1: I know. Sneaky 14-year-olds. <laughs> um, but uh, as far as living separately and going to school, do you think those things happen once you move to the U.S.?
0: No. I know.
1: OK, so, yes, she did go to school. Um, I don't know if it was that exactly the type of school that her parents wanted. She did go to school, but pretty much immediately Priscilla says that her and Elvis moved in together. She said that they were even sleeping in the same bed nightly.
0: I mean, that's not surprising at all. Like, that's what he wanted her for.
1: Exactly. And, you, and I. it could be the fact that we're, we're you know, different people in a different world, but I'm just like, how did that not come to the parents' mind? Or did they just want to get rid of Priscilla? (laughs) Or like they they, they had those conditions, but they really didn't care because they let their daughter go to a whole different country and she wasn't even of age.
0: And he was already famous at this point, right? He
1: he's a famous star leaving the army going back to his fame.
0: Yeah, they're probably like this is good for her. is the life she's gonna live.
1: Yeah. Crazy Why wait
0: two years or however average time and at that time was?
1: I'm saying the couple lived together for about six to seven years before they even married. Even though they slept together in the same bed, they never had intercourse, says Priscilla. She says he refused to have sex with her until they wed because um, she says, because somewhere he along in his past said that he wanted a virgin. I okay and she says they were however intimate with each other um in the way that her and Elvis took dozens and dozens of Polaroid pictures acting out their fantasies she learned to turn him on sexually even though they never had in intercourse she stressed however that their playfulness was just that and was never perverted what and and this is from abc news i think it's the interview that she did with like barbara walters a while ago but yeah that's a disconnect for me
0: yeah i just don't see him bringing her to america just to take pictures with her like that doesn't even make sense
1: to be a non-sexual living girlfriend that's a teenager I don't know. I I don't see it either. Also, even if we do believe her and because I mean, this is what she's saying is her truth. Even if we do believe her and say that, okay, they never had intercourse. You're telling me that you never had intercourse, but y'all were taking pictures of y'all acting out your fantasies and you learned how to turn them on sexually and it wasn't perverted due to not only your age it was just playful I don't get that
0: I think she gave this interview later in time and she's trying to preserve his legacy
1: hmm that could that, that is a thing
0: yeah I I just don't see it I mean that would be very rare
1: yeah I, I yeah intimacy doesn't support well okay first of all <laughs> i don't even want a sexual because i know what age she is but what you mean y'all just y'all taking clothed fantasy pictures nah bro y'all y'all are are sexually y'all are having sexual intercourse maybe it wasn't the the traditional but i know it was nasty is what it was actually i'm not even gonna go into it yeah how soon
0: after did they get married
1: Seven, six to seven years when she and I was getting to that though. Like, I'll, I'll fast forward. She was twenty one when they got married. No, yeah, he there's waited. no way that me this he man had waited 6.5 six point five years
0: and then no, no. It
1: don't sound right. Like even Priscilla's some of the creepiest creepies wait like maybe a year, maybe two, but I ain't never heard of a creepy creepy like. <sighs> No. Flying out a, a teenage girl and just keeping her on lock for seven years.
0: No, I mean, if he was looking for a wife or a girlfriend, he would not be doing that. It wasn't a freaking exchange student program.
1: Mm-hmm. Like a big brother, big sister program. Yeah. No, nah. no. Yeah. So nothing, she, she continues, nothing was harmful. Nothing was done with bad intent. She told Walters. Oh, yeah, it was Barbara Walters. (laughs) I was like, what you want? Nothing was done, you know, that I don't think is unusual. They were just games. Games, you say?
0: Sex games.
1: I was just about to say that. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing was done with bad intent. The bad intent was that you were underage and this was a full grown man. But like you said, she could be just like. She's dealing with the facts of the facts, which is that she was a young woman, but she's trying to turn the language around where she can to make it not seem like he was a child predator. Yeah. Yeah. So there also was another thing that started happening the longer that she was with Elvis. Now, while Elvis was in the army uh, through his sergeant, he picked up the habit of taking uh, different amphetamines. And when he and Priscilla got together uh, in the US and were living together, uh, they he started giving her some of those same amphetamines. And Priscilla, because she was with Elvis all the time and she felt like she needed to keep up and he gave them to her, she started to take them just like he did. Hmm. So then there's another aspect to this already disturbing relationship. Now she's going to school, she's a teenager. Who's with this famous singer going to school and she's taking drugs to keep up with you after she's out of school? Mm. He also began, oh, yeah, he also began controlling her clothes, the colors that she would wear that he liked her in, and her hair. Even if you were to look at some of the earlier pictures of them, you could see that he made her dye her hair black just like his. And it is even in a similar style to his pompadour, as you see. It looks like she has that big, like, bump, but her hair's down.
0: Well, he did right there. <laughs> I mean, that's her look. Shut up. <laughs> I mean, he
1: gave the girl a
0: look. Yeah, like, she became an icon. Has said iconic, like.
1: So. I- I'm not
0: going to fault him for that, giving her a makeover.
1: <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> That's the only thing you can give is That man has style.
0: <laughs> He's like, "Who trusts you? Because we're gonna we're gonna fix you up a little."
1: You ain't at your mama's house no more.
0: She came over with some freaking overalls or something. No, he got her stylish.
1: Came over on flip flops. He said, "Oh, honey, no.
0: <laughs> Let's get you some heels. You're sick. This is a child."
1: so So, now the woman can only tell her truth and you can choose to believe what priscilla says or not so i was going to say what you've already kind of uh told us but what do you think personally above all like her basically taking the drugs to fit in and keep up with him him feeding her the drugs her him being so controlling about her image as well as making sure that. Oh yeah, and I forgot to mention this. Basically, once they got together and he uh, got Graceland, like they stayed hold up in the house.
0: Damn, I'm all dressed up and nowhere to go.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I mean it's sick that he's with a fourteen year old. Even with the times like we said, it's too. That's just too young. Mm-hmm. Um, drugs are bad. Stay in school
1: literally all the things she should have done okay
0: yeah and i mean i'm not gonna besides i i disagree with everything besides the look
1: okay (laughs) i mean at least you're sticking to your guns yeah (laughs) so yeah I uh, kind of I feel like how you feel I said I'm I'm 50/50 I still think even without the intercourse or sexual stuff it's still gross because the intent is there to be with this 14 year old in a romantic manner and she's just so young and then even, and when you add the sexual element it just makes it worse cuz it seems like you were trying to like he like the rumor quote says like you're trying to train her you're trying to groom her
0: yeah that's ultimate grooming right there he literally got himself a child bride
1: Yeah, I said it it does. It does make it perverted. So they married May 1st, 1967 in where? Graceland. Las Vegas. Honolulu. (laughs) 1967, Las Vegas. Priscilla is now 21 years old, like I said. And it's funny because exactly nine months later, what happens? Lisa Marie, their one and only child, is born. So maybe, maybe not.
0: Do you think that she was pregnant already?
1: That's what I was thinking. I was thinking, OK, maybe maybe they didn't have traditional sexual intercourse, but maybe they slipped up. And then once it did happen, they knew they had to get married no matter what age. She was definitely over 18. So it wasn't a scandal because this is what I feel like you were so in love with this little 14 year old girl that you brought her to the U S and you turned her into your Barbie doll. But then you wait more than six years to marry her. I feel like this, it had to be a slip up and then he was like, okay, shotgun wedding.
0: Maybe. yeah. And how funny now that in Las Vegas, you can get married by an Elvis impersonator. I think they freaking circle.
1: I was just about to say, I think he laid the groundwork on that for his uh for his uh legacy on that one,
0: <laughs> yeah, that so, man's all about brandy
1: and he didn't even know it honestly, he's like the original, maybe not the original, but he's like one of the first big branders, like you see them suits, you see the mutton chops, you just think Elvis, you'd see that pompadour elvis,
0: uh-huh, yeah, yeah. That pelvis so, Elvis.
1: Elvis the pelvis, uh-huh. as he used to be called, <laughs> had a great pelvic floor. <laughs> <laughs> so after um, many affairs from Elvis, um, even one, he had a couple with a couple different co-stars. One I uh, remember reading about was with Ann Margaret on Viva Las Vegas. Priscilla's shut up in the house in Graceland. You know, no, nowhere to go. That, that bitch is stuck. All her friends are his friends' wives. And uh, Elvis is out shooting Viva Las Vegas with Anne Margaret. They're in all the magazines because, you know, it's shooting and it's like, oh, are these people a couple? Ooh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the film's done shooting. Elvis and Anne Margaret are still being seen out together. Uh, she eventually confronts Elvis and he ends up ending it with Anne Margaret, but that was pretty much the beginning of the end. He had a couple more famous affairs. He had one with, uh, I think her name was Joyce Bova. I'm not sure on the last name, but that resulted in like a pregnancy and she ended up getting an abortion. So Elvis was out here doing his thing, and it's rumored even Pr- uh, Priscilla had an affair of her own. And after she revealed her uh, affair to Elvis, that's when she decided that she also wanted a divorce from him.
0: Oh, she wanted a divorce?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How long after the wedding was this?
1: Uh, so they got married at 67. She called the divorce in 1972.
0: Oh, so weird that they were together that long and then divorce. The marriage was shorter. Yeah. I told you, anytime you get married after a number of years, it's the end.
1: You did say that. Mm. So uh, Priscilla decides to leave Elvis and get the divorce. And in 2015 interview with Jonathan Ross, Priscilla said of her marriage and her youth, quote, I was kind of lost really in who I was earlier in my life. I really didn't have teenage years. I learned so much about him and was with him so much that I thought the way he did. I knew what he liked and what he didn't like. I knew his thoughts. I knew everything as you could possibly do when you live together at such a young age. Yeah. Now they end up divorcing, but they are um, active co-parenting with their daughter, Lisa Marie, even though they ended up uh, even moving to different states. I heard, I heard that Priscilla ended up going to California while Elvis stayed in Memphis sometimes, but Lisa states that she did, uh, she was uh, in both of their lives.
0: Where'd she live?
1: I think she primarily lived with Priscilla.
0: Okay.
1: And also, even though they weren't together and they did divorce, they were even seen held, uh, holding hands at the like divorce proceeding. And they have always claimed that they did still love each other. It was just all the other stuff that couldn't keep them together. And the fact that Priscilla felt like she had to go find herself.
0: Yeah. I mean, she was married at such a young age and we just know of a few affairs that he had. I'm sure he was allegedly probably cheating on her left and right.
1: Mm-hmm. And you got to think it's a lonely life. She was locked down at a young age and then she did, She wasn't around anybody her age besides school. And then if she wasn't with Elvis, she was just pretty much alone uh, in a house. And then when she got pregnant, she was probably just alone with her child if Elvis wasn't there. Like That's, that's a sad ass life. She held uh-huh. in there a long time.
0: That's true.
1: So we've closed our chapter on the Priscilla business. You know, we have our feelings on basically that relationship, how it started, how it ended. Now let's move on to the next section about Elvis, the appropriator. Now, for decades, there has been a debate on Elvis and if he stole his act slash persona from other not as popular black musicians, or simply took parts of the many influences he had from both black and white musicians and carved out a space for himself that ended up catapulting him basically to stardom.
0: Interesting.
1: As I was growing up, I am not gonna lie to you, I was not a big Elvis fan. Um, I'm still not, you know, I am somebody who can recognize somebody's greatness uh, can recognize if they're an icon or a legend in their own right but this that does not mean that I have to enjoy their their work their music their movies or whatever it can be and that's kind of how I feel with Elvis you know I know his what he's done but it's not it's just not my thing now ironically I love covers of his music but I'm not a big I, I, maybe I just don't like the Elvis voice But whatever uh,
0: yeah I honestly don't think he has a good voice.
1: You were just saying how you've been listening to Elvis all day.
0: I love it. I love Elvis, but I just don't... Like, his voice not is nothing singer. that special. Yeah. Like, mm. he has great songs. He has catchy songs. But, I mean, nine times out of ten, someone can copy his voice.
1: Okay. It's not way. that
0: original. Like, you, you're you not going to have a, a Dow impersonator out there because she has a voice. Or a Sam Smith impersonator. They have a voice. But you have Elvis. Like, you can copy him. He, his voice, to me, is not that magical it's it's different
1: you know what's so funny when you just mentioned those other two examples Adele and Sam Smith and those are two other white people who have been accused of sometimes borrowing from black culture (laughs) But, but like I said that's accused and and I don't think rightfully those two but yeah Yeah, like I said, not a big Elvis fan. Still not. But, you know, I can recognize his his impact. So now some of that was in part of, like I said, me not liking his voice and his music. But a lot of that was in part of as I grew up, people were saying that Elvis was racist. And me being like a child growing up to a teenager, growing up to adult. Once I hear that shit, I'm a closed book. I'm done. He's racist. We're case closed but you know
0: uh, being a fan of like from the 40s to the 70s anytime I find a musician I like really like especially a white one
1: mm-hmm.
0: i make it a case to not look into them just because I'm like might be some racism there
1: that's even worse that's like I find out you listen to um I don't know, like a, a KKK member's new hit single. And I'm I like, did. bro, are you seriously listening to this shit? I'm like, yeah, I'm it's dead. a Bob. And I'm like, okay. but it's the KKK. But if they're dead oh, already man, and they're not man.
0: profiting, it's like, who's it harming?
1: Oh, so you're one of, so if R. Kelly dies, we, we're trapping in all the closets.
0: You betcha. <laughs>
1: I don't know how I feel about that.
0: <laughs> it, it is a hot take. And maybe I should step back a little bit.
1: No, but that's I, an interesting take.
0: I, like, okay. right It's now, funny,
1: but that's interesting. Yeah, I Once said they in die, way, should the art live on? Hmm. I don't just, know.
0: And I mean, you said KKK, which is obviously a hyperbolic yeah, I, example. I, I couldn't but,
1: think of somebody yeah. real quick.
0: <laughs> but if someone would die and they're not profiting any way from it, what's the harm
1: okay who is it harming me i'm just joking okay <laughs> like that, right that's now. a debate one time we gotta write that we gotta write that down huh? yeah because I, I really wanna
0: the people i like choose to like i can't separate it from them it's either like too close they're still alive they're profiting off of it somehow and i don't want to give them money okay in an indirect way but i mean elvis is dead he's not doing i mean. I don't think Lisa Marie's racist. No, I don't know. She's the
1: one who gets the money. I mean, she ain't said nothing that I can immediately be like, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to say no. Okay. All right. So um, where was I? 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 So yeah. Uh, like I said, I heard growing up that this man was a racist. So I was kind of like done with it. But, you know, I was young and I was taking people's word for it. I wasn't doing no research on Elvis. No offense. Why would I at that time? But uh, I I just went into it. Uh, I just went a different way with it. So as time goes by. Um, and he's even mentioned in pop culture references that paint him as like maybe being racist, maybe being an appropriator. I'm still like, OK, this is what it is. For example, well, I got a few examples. Oh. So the first one, you have public enemies, quote unquote, biggest and blackest hit fight the power. OK. And uh, one of his verses, Chuck B says, quote. Elvis was a hero to most, but he never meant shit to me. Straight up racist, the sucker was, simple and plain. And then his hype man, Flavor Flav, says, fuck him and John Wayne, which is like one of those iconic quotes. Now, pause. Let's uh, take away Elvis and focus on that other part of the line, John Wayne. John Wayne is a crazy racist motherfucker. (laughs) Who said stuff like this quote with a lot of blacks there's quite a bit of resentment along with their descent and possibly rightfully so but we can't all of a sudden get down on our knees and turn everything over to the leadership of the blacks. I believe in white supremacy until the blacks are educated to a point of responsibility. I don't feel we did wrong in taking this great country away from the Indians. Our so-called stealing of this country from them was just a ma- was just a matter of survival. There were great numbers of people who needed new land, and the Indians were selfishly trying to keep it for themselves. End
0: quote. Oh, imagine if someone said that today.
1: Imagine if somebody said that today. But who people are saying worse? They just ain't getting clocked for it. Honestly. Yeah, they
0: know how to hide it better now.
1: But, or they're saying it to the right people who ain't reporting it. Uh huh. Because some of these congressmen and state representatives have said some crazy shit, not only about race but about women's rights, and I'm like, what the? F-? Anyway, like I said, different subject. So yeah, that's what John Wayne. That's that's a quote from John Wayne, and John Wayne was known for saying controversial shit because he was a conservative right wing man. So when you pair a line saying that Elvis was a racist, he ain't mean shit to me, and then favorite fluff. Laver Flave jumps in with the fuck him and John Wayne and you know that John Wayne is this crazy racist and Chuck D just told you that Elvis could be a racist you just like oh yeah they on the same level fuck them get it so that's that's an example of me growing up and hearing something like that that painted me against Elvis then another example Dreamgirls now this is a soft example in Dreamgirls Jamie Foxx's character Curtis Right before the song, Step Into the Bad Side, he asked um, CeCe, who sang Hound Dog? CeCe replies, Elvis Presley, to which Curtis says, no, Big Mama Thornton. He says that Big Mama Thornton did it first, went to number one on the R&B charts, but the white stations didn't play her because they thought it was just a race record. Now, in this scene, this segment of the scene, he does not at all say that Elvis was racist or he stole this record. But but I feel with some of the misinformation about Elvis out there and the opinions of black people who feel he received praise and success off the backs of black entertainers. It was kind of implied that maybe Elvis wasn't appropriate or maybe he stole that record because everybody knows that, okay if you don't know Big Mama Thornton made that record first, everybody knows that Elvis re-recorded it and it became a smash hit that everybody still knows to this day.
0: I did not know any like confirmed where he stole songs, but I've always grew up hearing like he did steal music from black people.
1: Exactly, like you on the same way, wave wave. Like yes, that's that. That's kind of what it was going around. Um. So yeah, that's a soft example in a movie, but it's like it was kind of implied but not said, at least to me. There was even a rumor in 1957 that Elvis said, quote, the only thing Negroes can do for me is buy my records and shine my shoes, end quote. Now, the crazy thing is, I'm going to tell you how this eventually gets debunked. But this is still a debated thing to this day where people still kind of feel like he might even maybe not that they they don't know for sure if he said it or not. But this is still like sometimes quoted that he might have said this. When this quote came, this rumor of this quote came around in 1957. It was like printed in a magazine, too, a, a magazine that maybe didn't have the best reputation, but it had enough of a reputation that if they said Elvis says something about Negroes only shining his shoes and buying his records, that people believed him. And this upset the Black community a lot at the time because of the Black musical roots that are a part of Elvis's music. So it's like, damn, this man is. He has roots in our music where he he has this influence. And then he going to turn around and piss on us and say that all we could do is buy his records and sign sh- like we're we're less than. Yeah. Later in the year, Jet Magazine writer Louis Robinson. And just for information, if you do not know about Jet Magazine, which unfortunately is no longer a thing, um, it was this I don't know if it came out weekly or monthly. It, it might have came out weekly. Uh, but it was—it's this black magazine ran by uh, black people that talked about black culture, the shows, you know, all all the things. Um, they had Jet Beauties of the Week. It was—it was a—it was just a big moment. I-, I used to love Jet magazine. My aunt used to have um, archives of magazines, and Jet had all the newest black celebrities on the cover. Bitch, you seeing Regina King? You seeing? Uh, The cast of Soul Food, Michael Jackson, it was just like a who's who of Hollywood was always on the cover, always had an interview with that type of thing. That was Jet Magazine. So Jet Magazine's writer, Louis Robinson, was granted an interview with Elvis. He was was excited because he wanted to get to the bottom of this rumored quote. And he wanted to ask Elvis if he said it and where it came from. When Louis Robinson asked Elvis about the rumored quote, Elvis said, quote, I never said anything like that. And people who know me know that I wouldn't have said it. He even goes on to say, a lot of people seem to think I started this business. But rock and roll was here a long time before I came along. Nobody can sing that kind of music like colored people. Let's face it. I can't sing it like Fats Domino's, like Fats Domino can. I know that. But I always like that kind of music.
0: Okay, that's a good quote.
1: It, I think it's a good quote for that time. But it's crazy how that quote is buried because that's what you don't you don't hear that when you hear about Elvis Presley and black music. You don't hear him giving credit unless you dig deeper. You hear racist first, and then you dig deeper to find that he he probably wasn't a racist.
0: Yeah, or maybe not for his day
1: it, 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 or that. Yeah. So I think uh, personally based off that quote and what I found later, Fats Domino must've been a big influence for Elvis because uh, even the first time he was publicly referred to uh, by the title, King, the King, King of rock and roll, he thanked the audience, but he said that it should go to Fats Domino. I know that.
0: Oh, good so I for think him. That's
1: very interesting he talked with some black people who knew Elvis and included their remarks in his jet article. One person that he talked to was Dudley Brooks, who was a Los Angeles piano player who worked uh, with Elvis Presley on his, uh, some of his recording sessions. He says, he faces everybody as a man. I've never heard of the remark, but even so, I can't imagine Presley saying that not knowing him the way I do now. Taking into what I've read up to this point into consideration, I felt like um, earlier in his history, I read that because of how um, friendly Elvis was with Black people, like he, first of all, he grew up in a Black neighborhood at one point, and he attended Black churches. One of the reasons he got noticed by the Black community beside his music was that Elvis was seen going to amusement parks on colored night, which means that that's the night only for black people. Um, Now, some people would be mad, like, okay, why is this white man coming on the one night the black people get to come? But others viewed it as this man does not care. He was trying to treat it as a normal thing for him, a white man to be amongst black people. And he felt comfortable amongst black people. So that's why he came to various colored nights when it came to, uh, listening to music or amusement parks
0: i'm gonna choose to believe that one
1: yeah you could choose to believe it it could be false but i think it's real i know i know for sure that he went to black churches and that he grew up in a black neighborhood but maybe he wasn't as friendly but i think with the way people revere him i think he if we if he was a downright disgusting racist i think we would have heard now with it not being so shrouded in mystery yeah, I agree. I I agree. So, I uh, when it came to thinking, okay, how did this rumor get spread about him talking about Negroes, only good for buying records and shining shoes, and him being so active in the Black community as far as involving himself, like being around them, I thought that maybe there was like a group of white people. Maybe, quote unquote, important white people like somebody in charge of like a movie or somebody in charge of like a recording or no, like a label or something. They got together and they decided to spread this rumor because the white people didn't like that he was mingling with black people. And they felt that this is a way to punish him and push him away from at least one community, especially if we ain't fucking with him right now, too. That's how I thought.
0: I could kind of see that.
1: Like, he's like, let's divide them or something like that. Who knows? And then here's a, another example that I never knew. Like that other stuff, I was kind of familiar with, like the Chuck D, the Dream Girls, of course. But this was crazy. So in two thousand in May two thousand and two, Mary J. Blige sang "Blue Suede Shoes" during the Divas Live special on VH One.
0: Okay.
1: Now. Apparently, Mary J. got a, a some flack for this shit. So apparently, when she's reacting to this criticism, she later told the Atlanta Journal, uh, slash, the Atlanta Journal Dash Constitution. I guess this is like a, a newspaper. "Quote: I prayed about it because I know Elvis was a racist, but that was just a song VH1 asked me to sing. It meant nothing to me. I didn't." I didn't wear Elvis flag. I didn't represent Elvis that day. End quote.
0: Oh, damn.
1: Damn. Like it's so ingrained that this man could have been a racist that even in 20, 2002, she didn't even allude to it. She just straight up said it. Cause people were just like, why the fuck you do that Elvis song? I know. They don't even know.
0: Yeah. I know Mary J. Blige. is not the first person to first black person to sing Elvis song, so why go after her?
1: I, you know people, people will go about anything that they don't like at any time. Uh-huh. And apparently at this point in time, they just really wasn't vibing with Elvis. It was, and it was crazy that even uh, they said around the 25th anniversary of Elvis Presley's death, even Chuck D came out, you know, and this is years later after Fight the Power, and he says that like basically speaking about his line that he wrote in Fight the Power and clearing up the speculation, he says that he knows Elvis wasn't racist and that he did give credit to black people and black artists, but he was more so like speaking about the white culture that held Elvis as a king and gave him all these accolades but did not acknowledge the the people who came before him and the in the people who influenced him.
0: But he called him a racist in the song?
1: That's the thing. Like if, no. He, he's coming out years later trying to clear up a line, but it's not really clear because he said it. I get him explaining that line, but yeah, he, he definitely called Elvis a racist in that song. Yeah, and if he's not a racist, it it really he'll call him a
0: racist.
1: If he is a racist, call him a racist. I think it's one of those situations where he maybe thought and felt that. And then he learned the history later.
0: Maybe that could be true. I'm all for someone learning. Learn something from this.
1: (laughs) Go back to your grandma's house. (laughs) Honestly, out of all the people uh, who spoke up about kind of Elvis and everything, I think I was vibing more with what Isaac Hayes said and he kind of summed it up uh, with how most rational people feel about Elvis and that they know that he wasn't racist. He says, Elvis was due the respect he had. No animosity, no sour grapes. Elvis was the man. The thing was that we didn't get what we deserved. Ignorance is one of those main things. Racism question mark, it's one of those factors. And there's a little more of the quote, but that's more about the Memphis scene. But just that part of the quote, I think speaks the best where it's just like Elvis was a legend in his own right and deserved everything that he got. But the pioneers who created the sound before him did get pushed behind in favor for somebody who looked like him doing what he was doing.
0: Which is one hundred percent, probably the case, but I still don't see why we have to change that story to Elvis was racist.
1: No, yeah, I no, and when he, I don't, and when he's saying racism, I don't think he's talking about Elvis. I think he's yeah. talking about society racism. Yeah,
0: I get I did his quote. But yeah,
1: I think that he's just responding to the fact that everybody is calling uh, Elvis a racist and appropriator, and he's saying that no, he's not all that. He did his thing. But it's just that people are mad about other people not getting there. Um, the racist thing, I just think that it was. It's a snowball situation. This shit happened in the 50s and it's snowballed. It's been dispelled. It's snowballed. It's been dispelled. And there's still just this cloud of nobody really clearing it up. Whereas we know for sure, based off the evidence that. Maybe you don't like the fact that he took so many influences, but he did not personally block anybody's path.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing that happens today. Black person does it.
1: Mm -hmm. It's,
0: you know, not seen that favorably. And then someone else does it who's white and it's like, oh, this is the newest trend.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I basically feel the same way. Uh, It's just heightened. But, yeah, this is uh, it's still going on to this day, basically just based off the fact that he um, was given great chances and opportunities that weren't given to others. And he is like that white version of what the the white people say, tall, dark and handsome.
0: <laughs>
1: but, you know, that's not Elvis's fault. That's not his blame to hold. He did his part by giving thanks to his influences and praising the ones who came before him and who inspired him. And that's kind of all you can do because he wasn't outright mocking the culture and he wasn't outright stealing, you know, so I can't be mad at that part of Elvis's story. Okay. Yeah. It's more of a white privilege and a bad time period that has only lengthened now that we have gone through the more, Big controversial parts of Elvis when it comes to his wife, his life with his wife, and then the rumors of his appropriation. I do not have a lot of the disdain that I used to have for Elvis as a child and a teenager, because the big concern was that I thought this man was a racist and was just, you know, pushing blacks down the stairs and out the line. (laughs) But that's not true. But the child girlfriend that he fed drugs to and cheated on and kept her hold in the house while he groomed her
0: and gave her a look
1: and gave her an iconic look. That still definitely rubs me the right way. And this does, does put an asterisk still in his mind, but it's just where you take one thing off, you add one on and at least I'm in the know about that. More people can hopefully get in the know about that, but yeah. He's a flawed character, a flawed person. I definitely view him in the wrong for some things and um, unfortunately accused in others. But overall, you can't, it's not, I, the, the discussion is not about canceling him or if he should be posmosle. How do you say that when they, they're dead? Oh,
0: my goodness. post. Post, post, and then you can finish the rest.
1: It's not like we're trying to retroactively uh, cancel this man. It's just about now that this man is dead and gone, um, identifying and actually correcting and having accurate history of his life. And that's all just educating the masses. You know, this man was not right, but he wasn't wrong. <laughs> but he was wrong when it came to Priscilla.
0: <laughs> yeah. And do you know if he had any other underage lovers?
1: So that's what I didn't put in here. Um, cause so the other the the stories about him being in hotels with younger women. Um, and him always wanting to, uh, have a crowd of teenage women around him there. They weren't verifiable, but they are, I mean, just to put it out there, there are stories that say that Elvis liked younger girls. He didn't like to be around women his age until like later when he was, uh, already married.
0: Interesting. Interesting.
1: So, Yeah. Uh, just giving everybody the information, the history lesson, and what do you think overall, now that you've found out these two big things about uh, Elvis, whether you knew him or not?
0: Um, I'm glad he's not an outright racist. Um, that's a good thing. I don't know if maybe some things have been corrected, like over time to preserve his legacy, maybe. That could be a possibility. But, things can
1: be retracted.
0: Yeah. Um, it's That's a good thing. But Priscilla, I did not know she was that young. I knew she was young, but not that young. But at the end of the day, he's dead. So it doesn't really change anything for me.
1: Yeah. Like I said, just getting an accurate timeline of this man and punishing him for the disgusting things that he did do and absolving him of the things that aren't on him.
0: Yeah. I I just think with me, like the whole thing is I don't want to support them if they're benefiting from it, and he can't benefit from it.
1: So you still going to be listening to Heartbreak Hotel. I'm,
0: probably after this, I'm probably going to listen to Don't. Mm. Don't. Don't. That's what he says.
1: I thought you said Don't at first, because it's shit. <laughs> you know who covered Don't? Who?
0: Um, Zoe Kravitz.
1: She be singing?
0: She did in... What's such show? Reese the spoon. Good Little Lice.
1: Oh.
0: Yeah. They played a cover of her song.
1: I only know about her her father's singing voice, Lene Crevice.
0: Do you have anything <laughs> else to add about Elvis?
1: No, I'm pretty much done with my history lesson. You know, well, I tell you where's history 103 and 105.
0: Okay, I don't know what that voice is. Okay. I don't know either. <laughs> um, we do like to end every episode with some form of media we like, we want to talk about. We want to recommend.
1: Do you want to go first? Yeah, I'll go first because mine is quick and it's related to this story. Uh, so my media is Black Velvet by Alana or Alana Miles. Um. That is the jam. And it wasn't until like a good maybe like five years ago that I even knew that that shit was about Elvis or was like a like a tribute to Elvis. But yeah, um, Black Velvet is such a great song. Uh, She sells it because she has a great voice and the chorus is the best part. And that's the only Elvis adjacent thing I think I ever listened to. And you should got, you should listen, even if you're not an Elvis fan. And sometimes you hear songs and you know you already hear it. And I felt like when I first heard Black Velvet, even though I did enjoy it, I definitely felt like that was in the recesses of my mind somewhere. So it seems very familiar, very warm.
0: That bothers me so much. Like When I hear a song and I felt like I heard it before, yeah, really? <laughs> yeah, because I have to like look up, like, someone else seen this? I know I heard this song. What does it sound like?
1: I, oh, yeah. Sometimes that can get annoying. Like, shit, I, where was the, what the? Yeah, yeah, I don't like that too. You're right. What's yours, sir? Or do you, or What? how do you, yeah, what's yours? Oh, well,
0: <laughs> I guess I'll just say mine. It has an Elvis song in the movie. So it'll be my, Media would be connected to Elvis as well.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: mine is Lilo and Stitch. Ah. And Lilo and Stitch its just a nice little movie. Lilo lives in Hawaii with her sister Nani. Mm-hmm. And she has to raise Lilo. And then she gets an alien. And it's so nice. It's like a Disney movie. And it's so sad too. Because at first all the girls are mean to Lilo.
1: Yeah, that bitch deserved to get her arm bit.
0: Yeah, and she has, like, no friends. Like, it always made me so sad watching the first part when I was a kid, so I had to fast-forward it. But I remember <laughs> <laughs> when I was a kid, I really wanted this Stitch toy, and it had, like, it was a stuffed animal, and he had his, like, costume, this orange costume, mm-hmm. and he had his four arms, like, he was the like the big alien version. Yeah. And then you took off the orange arms, and he... When he had the costume on, he would only speak, like, his alien language. But when you took off his, off the jumpsuit with the set, two set of arms, he would speak in, like, English.
1: <laughs> like yeah,
0: <this. laughs> yeah. So it was so cool, and I really wanted it. But it was, like, $30. And my dad's like, I'm not buying you a $30 toy. And then I got my tosses taken out, and I remember... I was at my mom's house and my dad came over and he's like, I just want to drop this off and it was the
1: Stitch toy. Oh, that's adorable.
0: And I kept it forever and no shade to my mom. but And then my mom had a yard sound. She got rid of it and she said, I didn't know you wanted that one. I'm so sorry.
1: God damn it. Why the hell did you get rid of that?
0: I know. <laughs> you know your boy loved that Stitch toy. It, it, like it was something that was just in the garage for years. Like so.
1: Fucking broke his heart.
0: <laughs> but lilo and stitch is my media i guess i i really loved it i liked the cartoon show too the like series lilo and stitch a series and then there's lilo and stitch and lilo and stitch too
1: yep i was just about to say i did watch the abc cartoon show too yeah
0: yeah it was really good
1: mm-hmm. yeah is that a is that a disney movie technically right yeah it's disney okay yeah the thing is, Lilo and Stitch as a Disney movie doesn't get a lot of respect. I don't think people no put some respect it. on the name. And and I'd be forgetting too sometimes. But Lilo and Stitch is a great movie. It's not. It doesn't beat my favorite, but it's a great one.
0: When you see the influence of Lilo and Stitch, they should be on like freaking the U.S. vote or something.
1: Hmm. <laughs> I said, mm, and then I thought about what the fuck you just said. I cannot stand you. Oh, I just remembered what is my favorite Elvis Presley song cover. It's is it is their name Twenty One Pilots. Twenty, I think it's Twenty One Pilots. Can't help but fall in love. That's the best one.
0: Isn't Twenty One Pilots one person?
1: It's two people, but it's is like it? one singer and like the other guy wow. who does like drums or the guitar or something he does something else but yeah there's one guy who's the the face of it most of the time
0: yeah it should be 21 people
1: (laughs) of course that's how you feel that's
0: why i fell off of maroon five because there's more than five members i was like can't do this
1: yeah i jumped out the maroon five plane a a long time ago maybe after college
0: that's when they added other members
1: Mm -hmm. See. Ahead, have, in the show <laughs>
0: <laughs> alrighty thank you guys so much for listening to our update slash Elvis Presley uh, if you want to rate us five stars you can if yeah. you want to leave us a review you can if you want to mm-hmm. subscribe you can Hell we do yeah. have two episodes on Patreon now please give those a listen,
1: listen. they are
0: so good they might even mm-hmm. be better than our regular episodes cut them up eat them up but it is $4 a month so you don't have to pay for them.
1: Yeah, Got to pay for greatness.
0: Like if you want the best, you know you don't you don't run me that check.
1: If you want um, the best, you pay for the breast.
0: Oh oh.
1: Well, if you saw are me, are you it offering sense. something
0: else on the face No, rug? no,
1: that actually did <laughs> sound. That was, that was crazy.
0: It's just <laughs> you announcing I'm, your only. Parents? I'm
1: keeping my tittish to myself. I am sorry. Disregard.
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah. So please reach out to us on Twitter which is Save Your Sorry, but the U is spelled U-R. Our Gmail is sorry at gmail.com, just spelled like the podcast. You can send us your recommendations, send us your emails. Our Instagram is sorry spelled just like the podcast. And I did have someone reach out to me this week to send me an article about Jesse Smollett. So thank you for that. I believe his name was Thomas
1: Okay, what's up, Thomas? True, true. <laughs> hey.
0: when we did the Jamie Lynn episode, Christina from a Spooky also sent me an article, which is such a great thing that you guys to do. If what's
1: up, you, Christina?
0: <laughs> just send us an article or whatever. Like, that helps so much. Um, yeah, but
1: don't tell us what to do. I'm just joking.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but that's our episode. Just killed another career. It's a mild day. It's been wonderful. Bye.
1: See ya.